Now it is time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Diane DeResta, a certified speaking professional, one of only 12% of speakers that holds this designation. Diane is a trainer in her own communications company, and she works with a spectrum of professionals in business and media and sports. She also relates how this is a skill that young people need to learn, and learning it early is certainly invaluable. But it's never too late to learn, and Diane is here to give us some tips and insights, all of which we can find in her book, Knockout Presentations. Diane DeResta, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It is definitely my pleasure, and we're going to talk about something that I have such a great deal of interest in, and that is in speech and speaking, and you are a top authority in this area, so thank you for having that skill and wanting to share it with us. Well, I want to share it with everyone because what I've realized over the past few years is that speaking is now the new competitive advantage. So if you're in the workplace especially, you can't be without this skill. And what I've noticed in my living laboratory working over 20 years with people, 20 years ago, you could delegate this skill. And I would see managers do that. They'd have their direct reports go out and give a talk for them. And that's not happening as much today. People want to hear from you. The, the idea of personal branding is so important. So people need to be out there as leaders or would-be leaders and to be visible. And I always say that public speaking and money are the two equalizers in life. And anybody can be effective in this skill, but it takes practice. And it, I can't emphasize enough, you can't avoid it anymore. Your success depends on it. It depends on how well you present yourself, your message, and your value to the marketplace. And you have done what you can to make it easier for us to acquire this, remembering that it takes practice. And certainly, if we're willing, and we ought to be willing, to put in that time, we'll be able to achieve that kind of success as well. Absolutely. And that is the feedback I get from my book, Knockout Presentations. You know that I just launched the third edition, and people will say it has all the practical tips exercises, it, it gives you checklists, anybody can pick it up and do it. And I wrote it as a seminar in a book. So it's the next best thing to having me there, because it's so important to be able to speak well. So this is critically important for all of us, uh, whatever level we are in our career. But certainly you have done so much recently, I, probably over time, really. But because earlier this month, we celebrated the Day of the Girl, you've really mm -hmm. had a focus on young women and really focusing with them on speech and, and technique. Absolutely. In fact, I should show you a picture. In Where my office is is the Financial District of New York City. And for years, there's been this big statue of the bull on Wall Street. And now they have this little girl with her arms in a power pose, her hands on her hips. So I took a picture and a video on Day of the Girl with that statue. But that said, even though I work with adults and leaders and executives, 
about around 2004, I got a call from a mother in my neighborhood. I didn't know who she was. I don't know how she found me. But she said that her daughter was having trouble standing up and presenting in class, and would I help her? And at first I said, well, no, I, that part of my life is over. I was a speech pathologist in the schools when I started out, but I don't work with children anymore. And she begged me. So I said, all right, listen, if you can get 10 girls together, I'll do it. Never thinking she would do it. And within two days, she had 10 girls from her seventh grade class, and we met in her living room. And we met over the course of eight weekends, and I found I really enjoyed it. And what was great is, first of all, middle school is the best time to intervene and start giving these girls these confidence skills because we know that that's when they start to lose their confidence. Secondly, we worked with them so that they got to the point where not only they were they more confident and skilled, but I would see them giving feedback to each other like an adult. And it started to trickle into the class because they would tell me stories where they would give a speech in class and they'd be signaling to each other, feet, feet, you know, uncross your legs, you know, get your hands up. So it was really very enlightening and very rewarding. And then I had some success stories by email. One of the the original mother said to me that, she wanted to thank me because her daughter just gave a reading in her church in front of 100 people. And she said, I know she was nervous, but she stepped up to the plate and she would not have done it had it not been for your classes. And he, she said the real feather in her cap was when her husband leaned over and said, I guess those classes with Diane paid off because he would tell her she was too much involved in all this self-development for her child. But that wasn't the only thing. There was another girl in the same class, and her father said, well, since you're taking these speech classes, you're going to accept the award for your grandfather at the Legal Association. So here they were in front of 800 lawyers, and he said they were so obnoxious, they didn't even get quiet for the senator of New York. Anyway, she ended up getting a standing ovation. So what happened from there is that middle girl, when I just spoke with, had two sisters, each two years apart. So the mother said, would you in two years do the same class? And I said, yes, I will. And then two years later, my youngest is now in seventh grade. Would you do it again? I said, yes. So fast forward, that first girl who accepted the award and got a standing ovation now works for a financial services company in New York. And she told me that she is giving uh, internal presentations, they're going to send her out externally, but she said, I still use what I learned in that class in seventh grade. So it, it was just amazing. And I keep saying that we don't do this early enough. I work with adults, with leaders, and of course, you always want to have a coach so that when you have a big high stakes presentation, you have someone working with you. But it's such a fear. And so many people avoid it or don't do it very well, and they lose opportunities. And had they started earlier, it would be so much better for them now. Here's my other pet peeve. When I go into organizations, I'm always told that what I do is a soft skill. Well, yes, it's not a technical skill like computing. However, it has hard line, bottom line results. There is a real return on investment. So I want to tell you a quick story of someone I worked with. He is a CEO, or he was a CEO. 
of a pharma vaccine company, and he wanted the executive committee to fund the building of a vaccine facility, which would cost $300 million. And there was no guarantee of success. And there'd be three years of clinical trials after that. So this was high stakes. So what he did is he hired me to coach him. And we worked on everything from his delivery to getting into the mind of the committee to his PowerPoint. End result, he got the approval. The vaccine facility was built. And over time, that facility, that $300 million investment turned out to be a $1 billion success. So this is real hard dollar value when you know how to present. And I often think, what if he wasn't able to convince them because of his presentation they would have lost out on all that profit. There's another example where I was asked to coach the senior team. It was the CEO, the general manager, the president, and the head of research and development. They had an investor day in there for their parent company, and he said, Diane, these have to be tight. These have to be really good. They can't go over 20 minutes. We want these analysts to give us a good stock rating. So I worked with the team, and they did well. And about two weeks later, I got an email, and it was from the head of investor relations, and it said something to the effect of uh, the analysts were pleased. Our stock is at an all-time high. Uh, things are going well. And I thought, there's another example where it's affecting stock price because they had a confident, seamless, polished presentation that made the analysts understand and believe that they are on top of their numbers and the company. So whenever anybody tells me that this is a soft skill, I tell them, yeah, but it has real dollar return on investment. I know that when people are in the workplace, what's the high stakes presentation for everybody? It's getting that job. And I had someone come to me about a year ago, and she was going for this very high level job. It was one opening, very competitive. And I believe it was, it might have been in the sustainability area. I don't remember. But she came to me and she was talking in such an academic way. All she was doing was reciting her resume. And I said, point blank, you're not saying anything compelling. There is nothing interesting enough that would make me want to hire you. So we went to the drawing board and we started revamping all of her information and how she was presenting it. Long story short, she got the job. So this is not luck. It, it's skill. And when you can unlock the, the door to that skill, it, it has tremendous dividends. So I would strongly recommend everybody invest in their speaking skills. And you certainly make it very easy for us, again, uh, referring to your book. It's now the third edition, so obviously Mm -hmm. something that's very important and compelling. Knockout Presentations is going to give us our personal coach if we're not uh, in the vicinity of New York City and accessible to what you offer. We can do this ourselves. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many different ways, so many different offerings. I also have free videos on YouTube. I have at least 109 of them. So all you have to do is put my name in, Diane DeResta, and you have videos that are instructional in nature, as well as the book. So in addition to that, I have a blog on my website, DeResta.com. There, there's no real excuse anymore. Everybody has access 
to information. Get an accountability buddy. Get a friend and do some of the exercises from the book. Keep practicing, but start small. I think what happens is people get overwhelmed because they think public speaking is standing in front of 100 people and a microphone. It is not. If you leave a voicemail, that is public speaking. So why don't you start there? Why don't you listen to your message and record it again? Make it crisp. Make it short. Use intonation in your voice, but keep it to a a really short time period so that people are not listening to a long, whining speech. Offer to be part of a panel. Co-speak with somebody or offer to introduce a speaker, but do little things to get your feet wet until you're ready to step up and do it more frequently. But especially for women, when since this is inspiring women, this is one of those, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it helps critical... women to be more visible mm. because we all know that there's unconscious bias. There's conscious and unconscious bias. But when you are out there speaking, People see you and what you have to offer, and it is a great way to brand yourself and a great way to advertise yourself, no matter what your role in a company. So definitely get out there and speak and be visible. Stand up and speak out. So what you were telling us, even with leaving uh, the message on our phone, uh really relates back to working with these young women and mm-hmm. the new STEM for girls. And I think that yes. captures the essence of what any of us can kind of use as a hook to guide ourselves towards achieving these skills. Absolutely, because when we think of STEM, we think of the technical meaning of STEM. But let's do the soft skill STEM, speaking, tone, elocution, and message. So the first one, speaking, getting the, the skills to be able to stand up in front of a group and hold your own and be confident. There's also tone. Now, one of the big issues for young women and girls is what I call up talk. It's a rising inflection. It sounds like you're making a statement, but you're, I, I mean, you're asking a question. You're really making a statement. You know, your voice is going up. So when you have that sing song quality, what happens is the message is I'm tentative. And you don't get taken seriously. Related to tonality as well is what we call vocal fry or creaky voice. It sounds like this. It's that Kim Kardashian voice that's really creaky. And that doesn't serve you either. So you want to be careful of tone. And the worst tone, of course, is monotone because that's the lack of passion. So I tell people, find something that you're passionate about and speak from that. And the, the next one is elocution, and that has to do with how you pronounce and articulate the language. And it's interesting. Sometimes I'm watching the news, and I hear people, I hear these anchors mispronounce words, and I can't believe my ears. Didn't they practice it? Isn't it written out for them? So pronouncing words correctly, making sure that you don't drop off endings, to speak slowly and clearly makes a big difference and it speaks to someone's education as well so you want to practice that practice those drills out loud and then finally message a lot of times people go off message and this is important for girls as well to be able to stay on point and so the less you say the better less is often more so a good rule of thumb is rule of three 
think of three message points. What are three agenda items? What are three benefits that you can mention in your talk? And keep it simple. People remember things in threes. So what are those three takeaways or those three ideas that you want people to remember? And then practice them. And rather than writing a script, bullet them. So you have those three key points. And then talk as if you're having a conversation. And sometimes when I coach people and they they start to sound very stilted and scripted, I'll say, let's imagine we're having coffee. Just tell me about it. And then they start to sound more natural. It takes a little confidence, but think of yourself talking to one person over coffee or over a Coke, and you'll find that you sound more natural. When you're more natural, you're more confident. And when you're more confident, you're more credible. So those are a few things, especially for girls, to be aware of. The most important thing, though, is to take the risk and to stand up and speak out. I volunteered to speak at a technical high school. It was Staten Island Technical High School. So these were smart kids. And I, someone had seen my book, Knockout Presentations, and said, would I come in? And I said, sure, I'll come in. So it was an English class. I did a class on speaking. And what was eye-opening to me is that every time I asked for a volunteer, it was the boys who would raise their hand or it was the boys who would come to the front of the room. And what girls need to do is to step up and take the risk because otherwise they're not going to be as visible and they're not going to advance as readily in their careers. So speaking again is the new competitive advantage. You need to take advantage of any opportunity that you can, whether it's in your school, your community, your church or synagogue. Definitely practice these skills. They're definitely worth the time and investment. And there's that critical word is practice. It's not something that happens instantly. And I think you address that in the book, too. It's not that you're born with this skill. It is even those who are the gifted speakers work on it. Absolutely. When you think of Martin Luther King, he did have a gift, but he practiced. He studied for years. And I always say gifted speakers are born and effective speakers are made. That's a myth, and I want to dispel that myth because people can easily use it as an excuse. Well, I'm not good at this. I I don't really have that gift. I don't have the gift of gab. You don't need to have a gift. You just need the skills. (laughs) So you, you learn the skill of riding a bike. You don't have to be gifted. The gifted ones are the ones who are competing and cycling. We're not talking about that. We're talking about getting a message across in a way that's clear and compelling and easy to understand and convincing. Anybody can do that once they know the skills. <clears throat> so that's really important. Absolutely. So practice, and, and let's mention then again, with your website and, and with uh, all the YouTube videos, it makes it so easy to see these different ways of approaching it and practice from that. Mm-hmm. And I have a chapter on uh, sizzle and steak, which is all the skills broken down one step at a time from how to use your hands, where to look, how to stand, how to use posture. I have a chapter on, actually have two chapters on organization. And the most powerful one is chapter seven on listener-centered communication, because it tells you the key to getting inside the, the mind of the listener. It's all about how 
to lead from what's important to them. And so I take you step by step. I have a template in there. And if you follow it, you can simply fill in the blanks. There's a chapter on questions and answers. So when you have to stand in front of a large group and handle a group of people asking questions, there's a formula for that. So it's all skills-based. There's, there, are, there are paragraphs on how to handle difficult people, those hecklers that you have in an audience, what to do with them. So what about visual aids? So many people are misusing PowerPoint and or overusing it. So there are techniques on visual aids as well. So there's a chapter for just about anything you're going to encounter in public speaking. And you talk about the myths that there are and dispelling those myths. And one of them mm-hmm. is people think that they need to share a joke. Sometimes that's so excruciatingly painful. Yeah. Don't tell a joke, not unless you're a comedian. And even if you are, you have to be so careful with today's politically correct audiences. So I, I say use humor. Humor is better than a joke. A joke has a punchline. And if you don't have the exact timing, it can fall flat. And then it makes you feel even worse. So use humor instead. And humor can be making some remarks as you came up to the, the platform or the front of the room. It can be commenting on what's going on in the moment. And the safest kind of humor is self-deprecating. You don't want to poke fun at somebody else, but it's okay to make fun of your foibles because it shows your humanity. And that's another very important point. I don't allow perfection when I work with people, and I say that for two reasons. I tell people that, number one, you can't achieve it on earth, so don't try. And number two, even if you could, people would hate you because they don't like a perfect person. We can't emulate perfect, but we can emulate human. So be human. And if you are natural and you make a mistake that you recover with grace, nobody will ever fault you. And I've done things like knocking over a flip chart and knocking over a cup of coffee behind the desk as I'm speaking. And you just make a joke of it and you move on and nobody will fault you. So a piece of this is recovery strategies, and I I work on that level with people as well. One of the fears is people don't know what's going to happen, and if something happens out of the ordinary, they don't know how to handle it. So the first step in recovery strategy is identify, well, what's your worst nightmare? And one woman once said to me, well, my biggest fear is I'll trip on a wire when I go up on the platform. And I said, all right, well, let's imagine you tripped. What could you say? How about I want you to know I've been practicing that entrance for weeks or never let it be said. I don't know how to make an entrance. So if you have these ad lib lines in your toolbox, then you can pull them out when you need them. I guarantee if somebody said that after tripping, people would laugh. Even if it's not funny by nature, it is relief. When people see something like that happening, there's a moment of tension. They feel for you. Mm -hmm. And so when you make light of it, they start laughing and they love you for it. Yes. See, all of these really simple techniques when you get down to it, but we have to be aware of it. And in a way, there's almost a feeling of being given permission. And I think that's what you're helping Mm -hmm. us to be aware of, Diane. Yes. You have permission to be real, to be to make mistakes, and to be you. And that's the most important 
be who you are. Don't emulate somebody else. I know there are so many great speakers out there. You have the motivational speakers like Tony Robbins, and you have the, the great orator of Martin Luther King. But be true to your style. And people recognize truth and authenticity, and they see it very quickly. And audiences are especially sensitive to that today. So just be who you are. You don't have to be high, high energy. Maybe you have a quiet authority. Leverage that. That's who you are. It can work. Another piece of public speaking, uh, or regardless of the size of the group, is that feeling of, oh, I'm just too nervous. I couldn't possibly do that. Well, you're in good company if you feel that way, because most of us do. And I do, too, if the stakes are high. So what you do is you embrace your nervousness. And by the way, I wrote a whole chapter on nervousness, and there are four categories. The remedies are physical, mental, behavioral, and chemical. And no, I don't recommend that you have a drink before a presentation. I don't mean that. But part of it is mindset, and part of it is skill set. And I work with both areas with people. The first thing is you need to know the skills. It's hard to be confident driving if you don't have driving lessons. So first you need to know how to operate the car, and it's the same thing with speaking. But then there's a mindset. There's a belief that you can do it. There's a belief that the audience is on your side. So we work on mindset. We identify what are your limiting beliefs, and this is something everybody can do after the call, and then start to reprogram yourself by writing how you want to feel. So if you say, I'm too nervous to speak, say, I can do this, or I'm confident when I'm speaking, and then take little steps and get people to be your true believers. Get, Get your friends or your family or your coworkers to be your support system and let you know what you're doing well. Too often we find or we focus on things that we're not too effective at without crediting ourselves. So I often don't let someone sit down until they have found what they've done well. And here's the thing. It's easier to leverage your strengths than to overcome a weakness. So identify what you do well and do more of that. That is so great. And to know that uh, nervousness is energy. And we'd rather have that energy. Otherwise, it's going to be very flat a flat presentation. Yes. Don't worry that you have some nervous energy. That's actually a good thing. What it's doing is getting you ready. That's your adrenaline rush. Just like somebody who might be a runner, they're not moseying on walking to the line. You know, they're, they're pumped. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they can feel their heart beating. The adrenaline's going. You need that for a good performance. Here's the difference. People who are trained know how to channel that energy so that it works for them, so they look and sound dynamic as opposed to being extremely nervous and backing off or walking away. Use the adrenaline to pump you up to give a good performance. Welcome it. Diane DeResta, you are just so amazing and truly inspiring, like we want to get out there and do this. And I, I think what you've uh, done for us has made us realize really how critically important this is for us as an individual and for our life's path, and that we mm-hmm. can learn this if we feel that we don't have the skills. Anybody can learn it. 
and, and that's what's so inspiring. When I, I love what I do because I'm in the business of transformation. I love seeing someone transform be, before my eyes, and it's little things. So here's the thing I'd like to leave with you. It's the little things that make the greatest impact. So nobody needs to do a total makeover, you know, where you, you're a blonde and you come a, become a brunette and you cut your long hair and you have short hair. It's not that dramatic. It's little things like knowing where to put your hands. It's knowing how to walk into a room. It's knowing how to pause. It's knowing your message. And then over time, it becomes a dramatic change when you put it all together. But you can do one or two little tweaks, and it really does make a difference. Simply by bringing your voice down at the end of a sentence, today is Tuesday, today is Tuesday. That one little thing, that last piece was the voice of authority. You can start to do that now, especially for young girls who are using UpTalk. So think about what's one thing that I can do, and I'm going to practice that. You can do that over the phone. You can do that face-to-face, one-on-one. You can do that in a class. Practice it. And then when you've mastered that, go on to another skill. But anybody can do this. So empowering, uh, filled with hope. And so I would recommend that what we do, we get a copy of Knockout Presentations. I think that it's going to be just an important part of a toolkit. And also your website is a good resource, right, Diane? Yes, Deresta.com, D as in David, I-R-E, S as in Sam, T as in Thomas, A, Deresta.com. Just perfect. Well, it's really been so illuminating and such an important conversation. I so appreciate you, Diane DeResta, for taking your time with us. And thank you for having me. It's been great. It has been. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Diane DeResta and Sunday Morning Magazine with Professor Michael LeMay. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate that you've shared this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast. Find it on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Simply click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and then look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of learning and awareness and finding your place in advocacy. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.